This is the Midlife Motorheads Podcast. So climb on in, tighten those belts, and let's go for a ride. And now, broadcasting from Motorhead Central, somewhere in the Carolinas, is the hosts of the show, Gene and Trotty. All right, everyone, welcome back to episode 20 of the Midlife Motorhead Podcast. We have a great guest interview today with our good friend, the John Hammer. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about our guest a little bit. You know, Trotty, um, you call him our good friend. He's one of those guys, you meet him like he's your buddy all of a sudden because he's just a great guy. Um, for me, it goes back a few months, and I guess it was in the fall, we were kind of setting up to go to a, a NASA track event down at CMP and I'm perusing through Instagram and, and I come across a, an exo cart and, and folks in the know will, will know what I'm talking about. And I've got kind of an interest in those that they're kind of cool. And I, I came across a picture of one. I'm like, this, this says, you know, the same town I'm in race city USA here. And I'm like, that's kind of interesting. So I click on this guy's um, profile and I start looking at his pictures and there's a picture of the Oscar Mayer winter mobile. And I'm like, well, that's strange because if you go and you look at our Instagram and you peruse through our pictures, it's, it's the same day. It's the same truck, but from a different yeah. angle. So I text this dude and I say, Hey man, I want to come look at your exo card. And, and I think, uh, you know, we've got a few things in common. So I, I shoot him a couple of pictures and he's like, yeah, we're running the same circles. We just yeah. don't know each other. Mm-hmm. And right. then in the back and forth, he tells me, He's a driving instructor for for Drivers Ed in NASA, and that next weekend he's going to be our instructor. So yep, DE, we got to see yep, DE3. John Hammer in action. Yeah. Yep. John, welcome. It's been a you pleasure. guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's a nice intro. It's uh, yeah. I'm 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 blessed to be on the show. It's a lot of fun. This is pretty cool. So so who's John Hammer? I mean, where where you come from, and 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 where'd you grow up? Uh, I, so I'm born and raised in Detroit. Uh, so I'm, uh, I'm a Detroiter. My, my dad was an automotive uh, designer. He was uh, an, an engineer, never worked directly for the big three, but he always worked for, you know, supplier companies and agencies and whatnot. And, uh, and I, so I became a car guy. I was a car guy right out of the box. You know I mean? Yeah. I was, I was the kid. I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here. I know, but I was the kid that could recognize the cars driving up and down the street just by the, you know, the shape of the taillights. I mean, that was, that was me. I could do that. And, um, by the time, well, let's see here. I would have been, so I'm, I'm, you know, it's funny for, even though my dad was, was in the car business, my dad wasn't really that big of a car guy early on in life. I'll give him some credit. My dad's, uh, my dad's first brand new car. He had a 65 Barracuda formula S with the 273 V8, right. And a four speed Hurst in the thing, black car it was a beautiful car. And, and of course, then dad got drafted, winds up off in, in Vietnam. So when he comes back, he couldn't really keep the car and he sold the car. He replaced it with a, uh, with a 68 Firebird 400. And he went from arguably his favorite car that he ever owned to what he clearly said to the day he died. He lamented that he said, that was the worst car I ever owned. That Pontiac was worst car, a piece of crap. It was breaking down on me. He goes, it looked great. Sounded fantastic. Ran like garbage. I'm like, all right, fair enough. 
Um, but, uh, you know, we're all always, you know, we're all influenced by the, the vehicles that our parents drove. And my dad had a, he had some other cool cars. He had another Barracuda. He wound up with a, a convertible Barracuda and you know, one of those early seventies ones, I suppose. And, and I remember that as a kid, cause we had the, the top would go down, we'd go for a ride with that one. And then right about, I don't know, it was probably around 10. It was probably the late seventies at this point. And dad had a 73 Mercury Capri. And that, I will tell you, was an extremely cool car. It was in in Detroit. It wasn't a cool car because it wasn't a Chevelle. It wasn't a Mustang. It wasn't a Camaro. Right. It was this little car with a little V6 in the thing and uh, and and just a you know four speed stick in it. But to me, it was so cool looking. It was so unique. Nobody else had one on the block. And and it was just such a, a cool ride. And and that car really influenced me. And I'd love to maybe have one someday. One night in the middle of a snowstorm, dad lost control on an overpass going over I-94 and caught the curb and rolled the car on the overpass. Amazing. And of course, remember, this is back in, you know, again, the, the, the late 80s. The car was a 70. Three and this would have been late 70s. I'm sorry, the late 70s. So this is late 70s, and nobody was wearing seatbelts at the time. And the fact that dad essentially walked away from that wreck with you know just a, 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 a sore wrist and a bloody lip on it was was pretty good. The car was just mangled and destroyed and and just terrible. He parted it out, he brought it home, had it dragged back to the house and had the thing parted out. But uh yeah, so you know, little little things like that influenced me as a kid growing up. Um Got into broadcasting uh, when I was uh, 15 years old. I went to uh, Cousin O High School in Warren, Michigan, where WPHS is there to this day. To this day, that station is still there. It went on the air back in the 1960s and at 100 watts. I mean, take a look at your light bulbs in your house right now. 100 <laughs> watts is all we had. Um, and we would broadcast. We would get about 10 miles maybe out of it. Uh, but we had a great teacher. Charlie Lampinen taught us all about broadcasting. Uh, and then his assistant, Will Hatch, who to this day is still a great friend of mine. I mean, almost I mean, literally, it's almost 40 years later. Uh, Will is still a great friend of mine. Uh, and and we learned all about broadcasting, and so I got into that. So I've I've held this this career that I've that I've been able to figure out. I've been able to combine broadcasting, where I, I talk lots of talking, right? Whether it's on the radio or podcast or television or doing live experiential events around the country or hosting uh, events or, or teaching classes, and then and then doing car stuff. You know, I I can put it together, and, and I make the joke now that I I make a living talking about cars. I always envy people that have figured out early in life what really turns them on and they, they make a career out of that. You know, that, that often does not happen, right? It's, yeah. it's often the other thing. Like, like you wind up like Chotty and I, where, you know, we're the midlife motorheads here and we're just now to the point where, okay, let's go racing. And I look around the track, you know, at, at NASA events and other things, and there's young guys sleeping in tents because yeah. they've figured out that this is what they want to do. Right. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. no, no, I, I want to be able to afford the hotel mm-hmm, and the mm-hmm. nice trailer and all this. So we were kind of late bloomers in that, but it sounds like you were there early. I, you know, I, I really wasn't though. Um, so cars, well, career, were, career wise, I meant, well, car, so cars were my hobby. Cars were, cars were my fun thing to do. Um, 
but I was, especially early on in my career, I was absolutely laser focused on being a, a radio personality. That was my, my goal was to be a morning radio guy. And I got there. Um, yeah. I was, I was blessed all through Michigan. I, I worked on a number of radio stations all through Michigan. I was number one, every single city that I went to It was fantastic. Interestingly enough, two of my college roommates are paired up these days and they have a nationally syndicated morning show. And, um, they, um, you know, I mean, God bless them. They make more money than they know what to do with. Mm. And they do the exact same thing that we we were doing 25 and 30 years ago. They sit in a little room together in the morning and they tell jokes, if you know what I mean. And um, and they and they get paid a lot of money to do it because they're now, you know, they're syndicated in God knows how many different radio st- uh, radio stations they are, they're in now. So um, it good, good for those guys. You know, it's pretty cool, but that was really my goal. My goal was all about being in, in radio and I was doing, I was doing other things. I was doing TV on the side. I was doing voiceover work on the side, but I'll tell you what happened was a Mazda Miata. And that, that really changed things for me. So I was always a car guy, you know, in, in high school, I had a Corvair. I bought a 1965 Corvair Corsa. It was the first car that I ever bought with my own money. And that was really cool. Um, but it was a raging piece of crap. And, and from there, you know, I kind of went on up and, and, and bought some other cars. I had a 79 Monza. And then when I was 19 years old, I was able to buy an Escort GT brand spanking new. And that kind of got me, you know, that kind of got my, my juices flowing for a sports car, you know, it's close to a sports car as an Escort GT was. But after that, I had, a, I had, a, I bought a brand new 1990 Honda CRX SI. And I will tell you, one of the biggest automotive regrets of my life was that I let that go after just a couple of years. That car, I would love to have that car back. And and someday, I've always got my eyes open on one. You know, I've got my alerts set up on you know, on Facebook marketplace and all the other things, you know, so in case one of those things ever shows up, um, but, but that's, that's an awesome car. And then I just kind of moved my way on up, but I'll tell you, it was, what happened was that when I, I was, it was 1994 and I was looking for, I was doing, uh, I was doing mornings in Lansing, Michigan, and I was looking for a car. I'd been driving this um, Dodge D50 pickup truck, a Ram D50 pickup, which was a Mitsubishi Mighty Max that was rebadged as a Dodge, Mm -hmm. right? And so I've been driving that through college. I would haul my DJ equipment because I was doing club DJ stuff at the same time. And I want, man, I wanted a sports car. And uh, because I, you know, I'd gotten rid of my CRX to go back to college and I wanted, I wanted a sports car. So they had the local Mazda dealership had a Gen 2, a second gen uh, Toyota, um, MR2, the, the, the rounded one, not the, not the wedge shaped one, but the second gen, the rounded one that kind of looked like a little baby Ferrari. Right. So they had one on the used lot and I went over to go look at this thing and I'm like, man, this car is everything I wanted. I mean, it's bright red. It's beautiful. Oh man. I'm like, yeah, this car is fantastic. And they wouldn't budge on the price. And they, you know, I forget what they wanted for 20 grand or something, which was at that time in my life was way too much money to spend on a car. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't justify it. 
And the guy was getting frustrated and he was like, well, I'll sell you uh, the, 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 remember the little MX three, the little hatchback that they had. Yeah. They actually did a 1.8 liter V six in that car, but this wasn't the one that he had on the lot. Wasn't that one it was a little, you know, crappy four banger. And he goes, I'll sell you that one. It's got a sunroof on it. I'm like, dude, I'm like, that is not, you know, that's not what I want. That's not what I came in for. I said, really? I said, what I really want is that car over there. And I pointed at this bright white Mazda Miata brand new at the top down in the showroom and he paused for a moment and he looked at me and he looked at the car and he looked back at me and he goes you want that i'm like well yeah of course i want that but i know i can't afford that you know it's a brand new car he goes hang on and he runs off and he talks to the boss and he comes back short story apparently that car had been sitting on the uh, on that dealership floor for months and months and months because the damn thing had manual steering and no air conditioning and nobody wanted it. Now, if you know your Mazda Miatas in 1994, the one that had manual steering and no air conditioning on it was the one of, you know, roughly 1500 R package Miatas, the factory built showroom stock and autocross race car. And they wow. had one. I, I, yeah, right. Talk about no right kidding. place at the right Seriously, time. Seriously, you guys, it was insane. So the car had a sticker price on it of uh, like 19000 and change on it. They were so desperate to get rid of it. I bought that car for $15,500 brand new. Owned it for a decade, put 100,000 miles on it, started doing autocross, uh, autocross in it, track days in that car, um, crashed the car on the track, didn't do a lot of damage, but enough that I made mistakes in the car, learned all about it, learned about mechanics in the car, and that car, uh, for all the cars that I had prior to it, that car sent me on my path to being a legitimate car guy and a true competitive racer and eventually uh, an an automotive industry professional. So that was your, that was your first track experience was in that car. Uh, it, well, I mean, personally, yes. Driving. Yes. I mean, I, I got started. So I started as, so, so, so true story. I'd gone out to dinner one night uh, with, with my girlfriend at the time we came out afterwards and on my windshield of the Miata was a little business card tucked underneath the, the, the windshield wiper there. And it said, great car. Want to race? Flip it over on the other side. It says Detroit region SCCA and a date for the next meeting. I'm like, wow. So I went to a meeting and next thing I knew I was, I was in the world of autocross. Very cool. Very cool. With that car. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty, yeah. pretty killer. So that was Next your first car? involvement in yeah. grassroots motorsports. Yeah, flat out it was. Absolutely. I mean, I I had heard about autocrossing. Um, I was already reading grassroots motorsports or, you know, and that was right about the time they had changed from from Auto X magazine, right? It was Autocross magazine and then it became GRM, the, the yep. GRM that we know now. Um, but yeah, so I was already reading that magazine um, growing up in Detroit. Uh, you know, all the big magazines were all based in Metro Detroit. I was a huge fan of Automobile Magazine. David E. Davis, I loved the way he wrote. I loved the way he dressed. I loved the way he told stories. I mean, I just, he was so, he was, he just, he made cars, even unobtainable cars seem special to, to somebody who, you, you know, you knew you couldn't afford a Bugatti, but you would read his stuff and go, 
I get it. I get yeah. it. And that's cool. That's really cool. I, so I love that stuff. So, I mean, I was always a car guy. Um, so I was familiar with, with grassroots motorsports, but I'd never done it. You know, I mean, I grown up in Detroit. We had Formula One that ran downtown before it became the IndyCar race, but we had F1 in Detroit for a little while, you know, so we had that. Um, we had Michigan International Speedway. So we had motorsports, but none of my friends were into it. That was I was the literally only one until I met those knuckleheads at uh, at, at SCCA and and the ball started rolling. So what what was the next car when when you when you divest yourself of the the white Miata? What yeah. what's the next car? So an, another Miata. So I've uh, I will say I'm a Miata guy. I, I am currently on Miata number twelve. Uh, is the one that that's what I that's where I am right now. I've What's got the my, medical my, term for that, John? <laughs> <laughs> I've I have no problem saying that I've got a problem. Um, so I yeah I've had a lot of Miatas over the years. Uh, I have and and four of those have been race cars. So spec Miatas. So maybe we maybe we go there right. So I I started coming up through the ranks. I was autocrossing, started autocrossing in in that white ninety four R package. Started doing track days with that, um, knew that I wanted to race, but I couldn't afford to race, race wheel to wheel at that point in my life. So I got into carts. So I ran carts. I had a couple of Tony carts that I ran for three seasons, and that really did it. That was my first taste of wheel to wheel racing. And that was, God, you guys, it was awesome. It was so addictive. And and I just, I had to do more and more and more of that. Um, and so then I, I kind of got together with some buddies of mine that we had autocrossed together and we all got this great idea that we were going to pool our money and, uh, and buy a race car. And so that's what we did. So we bought a spec Miata and a half from a guy all the way down in Florida, went down to Florida to pick it up and, and drag, you know, with a, a car and a half back, put that back together. And I got my competition license in 2001. So I've been racing wheel to wheel now for what is that 22 23 years now and uh yeah and so it it was fantastic we ran that car for one year um we were we planned on on continuing with it but the the guy that was kind of the majority owner he was a, a doctor and so he had money and he had space to keep the thing unfortunately for the rest of us on the team his wife found out about his girlfriend and all of his toys had to go away at that point so yeah, yeah and the girlfriend yeah. so yeah, well, I'm shy. at that point, I really don't know. I never talked to the guy again, never saw him again. So uh, so that was that. But then um, in the off season, I found a totally just rattle trapped out um, old uh, 1.6 liter Miata that was sitting behind a shop over near Grand Rapids, Michigan. And uh, and I bought the car for it was like five or six hundred bucks. It was literally just a few hundred bucks and uh, turned that into my very first race car that I owned and built myself so that was it was pretty cool it was, it was pretty yeah. fantastic and then and then the rest is is history man you know so yeah. now carts are a great experience i i've been clocked at 105 at roebling road in a borrowed enduro cart wow now i've never done an enduro with the, the whole lay down deal oh on my a big god size road course I, I can't even i mean i know my sprint carts you know i ran the the the, the, the kt 100s yeah you know with like a we had a, the horseman the four puck wet clutches yep and those were great those were fun i mean i do you know even on that thing we were doing what probably 75 on those things with your button inch off the ground but i can't imagine triple digits in that thing man Holy a lot cow. of fun and um you could really feel the drafting in it. And uh, I was out in that cart, borrowed cart, as I said, 
And it would, cause I, I had a shifter cart and some other different things. And we were on a practice session and there were, there was all kinds of carts out there, even sit up carts. And you could pull behind one, pick up a couple miles an hour, pull out and pass them. And it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yeah. Well, I actually, just a few months ago, I was instructing for a BMW CCA down at Kershaw, down at Carolina Motorsports Park. Yep. And I was, I was in doing the classroom, that facility, they've got their own building there. And so I was in the classroom teaching in the classroom and the guy that runs the, the, the speed shop that's, that's back there. Now he and I were talking in between classes and we were talking about carts that had come up in, in our discussion in the classroom. And we started talking about carts and he's like, yeah, he goes, you know, we got a whole bunch of carts in the back over here. He goes, and half of them, we don't even know who owns these stinking things. They've been sitting in here since before we owned the facility and we don't even know. I said, actually, I think I said, I got a buddy of mine who, who owns one of those carts back there. And as it turns out, Chris was there at the BMW event that weekend. And so I, I mentioned it to him. I said, Hey man, he says, I think they're looking to get rid of these things that are back there. I said, you better go claim it. He goes, man, he goes, you know, I've been paying rent on that thing. He pays like 30 bucks a month for storage fee in that thing for, he says, I've been storing it. There. I, I bet you it's been seven years. He goes, I haven't driven it in forever. He goes, I put it away wet and I haven't touched it since then. And he looked at me, he goes, you want it? <laughs> yes. So the next weekend was our, was our NASA weekend. So I paid him and I told the guys at the track, I said, I'm going to come by next weekend, pick this thing up. When I come back, I said, you know, well, so, and we did, it's an 80 CC shifter. Oh, so wow. instead of a, instead of a 125 with a six speed, it's an 80 CC with a five speed on the thing. I don't have it running just yet. I still need to get a couple of fuel lines and I like clean out the carburetor, but everything's there. I mean, I, you know, threw a little Marvel mystery oil down the, down the piston piston spins just fine. Um, the fuel hose? The, um, it's got a. Um, I've got fuel. I've, I've replaced all the fuel hoses on it right now. Um, you know, all the way to the to the fuel pump. The fuel pump was replaced not not long before he put it up. I mean, it's still pretty old right now, but um, but yeah, man. So I'm stoked. I'm I'm really excited to get that thing up and running. I've never driven a shifter before at all, and I'm, oh, we got to talk shifter carts offline. Oh, they're, they're, they're a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, well, and you know, lucky for me, you know, again, you know, where 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 we live. I mean, I'm I'm all of 15 minutes away from the GoPro Motorplex, so I mean, that's yep. right down the road. So I'll be able to go uh, go get some seat time on the thing. And uh, my son and I are about the same same height, so we'll be able to share this thing and, and drive it together. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Cool. Yeah. My experience with carts uh, just happened a few months ago, right at CMP. We got out on the track, and um, uh, Mr. Gene, who's been a hundred and how fast? Did you say hundred and something miles an hour? Yeah, I beat him by three seconds. What? <laughs> so, 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 John, but, but everyone on. listening doesn't understand. Night, was that the night that that we were all there back in the fall? This was just. Uh, the last event like, it was november yeah yeah, yeah it was yeah this past exactly. november that yeah. that like saturday evening yeah well then i don't want to call anybody out or not but there may have been some beverages involved in that <laughs> yeah well not 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 for us not not beforehand at least but the thing about it is you know when you're talking about a five or eight horsepower vehicle yeah. and one one of the cousins outweighs the other cousin by <laughs> what 30 pounds yeah so if he wants to i, bl- I believe i'm 20 pounds less than you buddy <laughs> <laughs> we, we can talk about that later i beat him by three seconds that's all that matters yeah that's right that's right 
John, he this was is where you edit in that that line from um, from Fast and the Furious. It doesn't matter if it's an inch or a mile. Winning is winning. Ooh, that's right. <laughs> All these stories are, are, are Michigan stories. How do you yeah. get to North Carolina from there, man? Uh, snowstorm. Uh, it, it was a, it was a snowstorm. It really okay, was, it was a snowstorm in Michigan. <laughs> yeah, <That'll do> it. <laughs> it, it was a snowstorm. I looked. I was you know I'm, I'm looking around and I'm and and seriously. So my my trailer was in my backyard. And my race car was living. I just had a little two car garage uh, up in Michigan. So my race car is living in the garage. My trailer is sitting in the back of the yard. It's one o'clock in the morning, the day before Thanksgiving in like 2000. I don't know what it was, 2002, maybe. And uh, my tree splits in half and it uh, and it and it breaks. Um, it breaks the tree in half from all the heavy snow, lands on my trailer, takes down the power line, takes down the telephone line, takes down the cable TV line. And I look around, and I'm like, what in the hell are we doing here? And we didn't have kids at the time or anything. So it's like, you know what? Let's start looking around. And, um, you know, we looked at Southern California, couldn't afford it, loved it, couldn't afford it. Um, the Dallas, uh, Fort Worth Metro, I've got some friends that live there, loved it, it was very tempting. We had some friends that had come down from Grand Rapids, Michigan, that were living in uh, in, in Huntersville, in, in Greater Charlotte. Yep. And we came and visited there and just, I mean, just immediately fell in love with the place and said, yeah, this this is it. So uh, I live in Mooresville, North Carolina, nicknamed Race City, USA, and it's just sheer dumb luck. It was just coincidence. It's just happened to be the place where I found the, the right house uh, in the right place or at the right price at the right time. Uh, and uh, I couldn't have been luckier to uh, to wind up with a with a, with a place there, and I've been living there for almost twenty years now. Wow, fantastic! That's awesome. I, yeah. I lived all over the country, and um, this this is the best place for us. It absolutely it's is so good, so yeah. good. Yeah, for for car enthusiasts, I would argue. I mean, you've got you've got four year or you know four seasons that, that you've got four seasons, but you can still drive all year long. Um, there's lots of places to go. You know, if you want to be up and drive the mountain passes, you can do that. If you want to go to the beach, you can do that. Lots of racetracks within a reasonable drive. I mean, yeah. we're really blessed. Yeah. Plus, um, because of, of the NASCAR's influence, we can find somebody to do anything. It's it's anything. amazing the sheer talent that is yeah. that is in this yeah. in this area. It's definitely amazing. Yeah, Mooresville is a is a great town. I live in South Carolina, but um, mm-hmm. I love to go visit my cousin up there. Uh, I've noticed in the last few years, though, it's like, man, really growing. It's like unbelievable. Oh, dude. Uh, the traffic's ridiculous. I mean, they're, you know, I hate to throw the city under the bus, but they have allowed way too many multifamily homes, apartments, townhouses, and whatnot without uh, without increasing the infrastructure. We still have, you know, the, the main east-west road is Highway 150 through North Carolina, through, through uh, Mooresville. It's one lane eastbound and one lane westbound. Yeah. That is it. It's a disaster. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's rough, but. It's tough. I know when I when I pull the car, my car to his house or his car or back and forth, that just that traffic is just it's unbelievable. Um, yeah. But it's a great town. Good food. I really like it there. Um, wish I could move there. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe I will one day. Hey guys, a quick programming note: Gene and I were having so much fun with John that we ran really, really long. So we decided to take this episode and split it into two parts. Here's a couple of clips from part two of the hammer experience. Maybe I could have been something, man. (laughs) I'm hanging out with my buddies. I'm driving incredibly well, and I'm having a really good dad weekend too. So (laughs) I got to tell you guys, it's hard to beat.
thank you for downloading and subscribing to the Midlife Motorhead Podcast. Make sure to check out our main website at midlifemotorheads.com and all our social outlets, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube.